This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, tyre fitters and baristas, dried fruit wholesalers and space Space researchers. researchers. Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to bludge. Footy mad Aussies, pull them up and pack them down for another blast of bludging on the blind side. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nielsen. Hook another lucky trout, H.G. Yes, uh, TF Much, Cedric Esped Sump, AO, uh, torching the blindside blue paper once again. And you can hear the all-consuming passion, the insatiable desire to succeed, and the brutal banter of the Sumster camped in the blind, bludging on the blindside soundproof booth at ABC Grandstand HQ. The Sumster is in, the Premiership window is wide open. Happy Rugby League, Australia. I just let that turtle there. It's incredible, isn't it? Suddenly everything, whatever the coal man says, will make sense because of the light at the end of the tunnel, when the roadmap's said and done, when all those horizons have been met, there'll still be a rugby league. It's great. And you'll be able to go. Isn't that amazing? Olympic update. Speaking of not going, uh, the big news from Tokyo in team selection this week is the triple gold medalist Andrew Hoy will turn out for his eighth Olympics. Now, this story broke late last week and we couldn't include it in the show, but this is tremendous news for Hoy freaks and there are many. The veteran equestrian competitor will throw a leg over Vasily Dalasos, who's cleared for takeoff. Uh, this scone product, the Vasily Dalasos, could be the best conveyance Andrew has ever ridden, and the horse, oddly enough, bears an uncanny resemblance to Rooting King. Uh, when you look, you only have to squint and turn your head on the side and you think, bloody hell, it's the king coming at me. Uh, when Andrew took a spin on the king, he came back after a hit out of, uh, you know, say 40 minutes over the high jumps and said to Roy, yeah, no, this horse could win gold, Roy, if you wanted to put him in. That's a big rap coming from the triple gold medalist, but he's stuck in Tokyo with Vasily de Lassos. be great to imagine the king going around in Tokyo. Ooh. Incidentally, Andrew uh, now one of the favourites to, to tip to carry the flag in the OC. I didn't realise the OC was going ahead with a mass um, a mass walk on of people who aren't socially distancing. But he may be out there by himself with the Aussie flag. But we'll be cheering. Uh, he uh, apparently Andrew's going to dedicate the win. Notice what I said there: the win in the equestrian. That is his twenty twenty one win to the horse of gold, Kaibar TikTok. Now, Kaibar TikTok, uh, a great horse, arguably the greatest horse this nation's ever seen in the green and gold, winning at the Olympic level, won gold in Barcelona in both the individual and team events. Kaibar went to the great mounting enclosure in the sky in 2014 at the age of 36, so he didn't let supporters down. He really kicked on TikTok. And look, he's got a social, you know, social platform named after him now. He didn't really think that had happened, but it had. That's the way people love, that's across Asia, they love guy by TikTok. Out of work miners looking for a seam to frack. Rugby league pot, pie warmers and Australian rural and regional horse trainers. Welcome to Bludging on the Blind Side. This is H.G. Nelson opening the Blind Side dig for another set of seven. What a week! What a week! What an incredible week. A weekend too much sport is barely enough. Breaking... 
uh, news and the donkey circuit update. The Fern, SBW, survived a knockdown and a count of eight to score a win by the barest of margins in Townsville Saturday night. Tune 57-56. The Fern did just enough. But that's all he had to do. He won it. I mean, it was one of those beautiful bouts where it could have gone either way and I had to check the scorecards online. Obviously, I couldn't go to make sure that 57-56 was right. I mean, when I saw the vision, I just thought, oh, the other blokes won easily here. I don't know what the, what the uh, Fern's going to do, but the Fern triumphed. In fallout from the bout, the Fern immediately called out the Donkey Circuit alumni Noodles Hall for a rumble. Uh, date and venue TBA. I didn't realise that, uh, obviously, a lot of people thought SBW might make a beeline, that is the fern, might ba- make a beeline for the stool on the donkey circuit, but no, he's gone He's gone above the stool, noodles. Uh, and in devastating news that has turned Australian world-class boxing scene, that is the Australian world-class boxing scene, that's right, that's what I said, into a joke, Michael Zarafa has called off his bout with Timmy Zoo in Zoo Castle on Wednesday night. Now, we have some news on an opponent who's going to take his place, and I like the sound of this guy. Uh, we'll get, unpack that later in the show, but uh, I've got to move on. Elsewhere in breaking rugby league news, the man of feathers, Peter Volander, has swerved past Mudgy and Watsford Oval options and packed Origin 3, that is the dead rubber, uh, off to Newcastle, formerly known as Zoo Castle. So at least they get something, uh, they might not get, you know, Zarafa V, you know. Timmy Zoo, which they're all licking their lips about, but they're going to get a dead rubber. A man of F, uh, in a very busy week, he's put the brakes on the expansion north of the border in Queensland until the fog of COVID clears, probably very sensible. After the result, 26-0, I mean, what do you do with Queensland Rugby League? The best thing is not to have it. We'll get on to that in a minute. Still with the GGA, last week, Kevy, that is the man behind the Kevolution, Kevin Walters, said, no Broncos are going to nowhere. Well, Matt, New York Lodge is on the move, becoming a warrior. Not only were, you know, the spittle on Kevy's words dry, Lodge had packed his bag. Many will remember how Matthew turned New York onto rugby league culture all those years ago. All I can say is New Zealand, look out. Although if COVID continues and if that was the backstory from the PM's, that's the coal man's words the other day, it looks as though the COVID bug's going to be around for a fair while well into next year and the Warriors live in Australia. I mean, the Warriors are very dedicated, great team to work with and obviously uh, the New York, New York, my kind of town, Matthew Lodge, uh, won't have to travel very far to join the Warriors, I think maybe down to Tamworth. Uh, tennis and the All England and Nick Kyrgios does it again in five sets in a curfew suspended clash against Ugo Wambert. The tune after two days of play, 6446366197. Uh, still in England, the Euros 2021 to Wembley and the three Lions put away Germany in the round of 16. Two block, two nada, two don't argue to make the quarterfinals. Good times have never felt so good. I'm not in England, obviously, and you can only take correspondence words for it, but this one goes back to 1966. That was the last occasion on which Tommy took apart Jerry at a knockout phase of a wheeze. Rugby and France are on their way. Check the Duke guys for the first stink July 7th, now relocated to Brisbane. COVID affected, obviously. I uh, wonder what happens if COVID happens in Brisbane. Where does it go? Offshore somewhere, PNG. Now, the back grower, and back grower surprised me this week, Rob Valentini, he says Australia can be number one by the end of the year. I unpacked the uh, thoughts of Rob Valentini. 
He said all the old gold fruit and nut wallabies have to do is wait for it. All they have to do is beat France, New Zealand, South Africa and Argentina and then move on to wins over Wales, Scotland and England. It's so simple when you set it out like that from 7th to 1st before NYE. They're cherry ripe. That's the uh, Valentini position. As long as they don't flake. Uh, Aussies fired up by the promise of Australia. It's tremendous to have you with us as we prod forward through the solidly backed up stoolage of the week sporting action. Remember to step up and have a go, get a go. And if you haven't been in the queue for months, get in the queue again and have another go. If you've got something already, then, you know, you know the drill. Uh, to get the blindside barge away from the wharf, let's lock horns with a black bloke who has done a lot this week, but I simply don't have time to run through it all. You can look it up online. Rampaging Roy Slavin, can we get the bludging on the blindside bunny emotion simply by asking what highlights caught your restless eye this week? The Yes, thanks very much and happy Rugby League, HG. And happy Roy, Rugby happy League, Roy. Happy Rugby League. Australia. Uh, look, big news, uh, well, personally speaking, big news, may not be big news for the nation, but, uh, you know, uh, the car park has been approved for Watsford Oval. Now, <laughs> my understanding is that um, uh, the coal man got involved mm-hmm. and personally ticked that box, and my understanding is that Shotgun McKenzie, who's no stranger to this sort of work, work, uh, endorsed the, the 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 project as well. So that money uh, has how many parts do you think you'll be able to put in there? Look, I haven't seen the design yet, HG, and I'm a little uncertain. I, I, my understanding is when it was explained to me just over the phone from the lodge. From now, well, with from sources close to Ooh, the lodge. Can yeah, I just say, yeah, yeah. Okay, sources enough. close to, is that uh, it will go between Watsford Oval and Conrad Oval, which is just above it. So there's a nice parcel of land there that you could get a car park for maybe ten, ten or eleven thousand cars. Now the other idea that uh, I haven't mentioned yet, but I know overtures are being made from Lithgow Council to uh, the National Party, who uh, are the big movers and shakers in the, in the, of this project, mm-hmm. uh, is that the car park could in fact surround Watsford Oval uh, and it would be a novel experience for people to engage in watching either rugby league or cricket mm-hmm. from the car. Wow. So this... But that, you know, and and we'd have to move just a little bit the uh, the railway station from where it is at the moment to near Watsford Oval. The the railway line it's just across the road, really. It's not that far away, so it'd be very easy to, to incorporate move the station. Because yeah, the idea of the whole car park venture is to enable people to commute, i.e., you drive your car to Lithgow. And then you get the train to Sydney, now, or to Bathurst. Yeah, oh, well, if you want to go, Warwick, you want to go. I don't know if you can get. Now, can I just ask if you costed per slot? There were some no, stunning no, no, figures, no. hundreds of thousands of dollars per each slot. Be worth. Yeah, yes, yeah. oh no, Good. these these things are worth a fortune, absolute fortune, HG. Uh, so it's all looking good. I just don't know what now the what what's going to happen with the lift, but the lift is there. Yeah, I tell you what. So, so the lift could be incorporated. I'm too. Sure, I'm sure it's not too late to incorporate the lift. And I mentioned this to the contact. Yeah, incorporate the lift with the car park complex. It wasn't Barnaby, was it? Well, I'm. 
You yeah, know, sorry. Yeah, don't say, don't, you no, don't no, have to no, reveal no. sources. No, no, no. Can I point out that, no, how no, about no. this, Roy? You and I have always dreamed. It was Michael McCormack's last act. <laughs> Fair enough. He wanted to go out with a bang, and he has. <laughs> Here we are. Mm. We're talking about it. I know. Have you thought about a vertical car park using the lift facility that you've got well, already that's there? That's, 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 yeah, that's, sorry, that, sorry. That, that, sorry. I'm hoping when I, when the, my understanding is the plans will be uh, shot through to me over the next 48 hours because mm-hmm. they're still being finished, finalised. Artist impression or the actual plans? No, the actual plans. Gee. Yeah. <laughs> They're way down the track. Yeah, they are. And how many are you hoping to get in the vertical? Oh, sorry, you, you, yeah. you need to move on. Yeah. Tell no, me to no, shut up. No. How many more car, cars do you think you'll be able to get in the vertical? In no, the vertical well, I'm company? looking at a minimum of 10,000. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought that was on the flat. but you're, Oh, it, no, no, no. It's, it's going up. You've got to justify the lift. True. I mean, it's just, just, just not just, you know, tarmac. This no. is a, a structure. A structure, yeah. A structure. Yeah. Isn't that great? It is fantastic. Very exciting. Well, it's going to generate so many jobs. Jobs. In the Lithgow area. Yeah. Say 15,000? Oh, I don't know about 15,000, but certainly a few hundred. Uh, It'll probably take about, oh, I don't know, two years to make. As car park attendants stop go people and all that sort of stuff? No, it'll all be automated. Ah. Uh, Boom gates. What I'm suggesting is that there's an automatic car wash there as well. Uh So you can have your car washed while it's just there, you know. So you get, you know, you get your train to Sydney and then you get back home to Lithgow and your car's washed. I mean, just Dude, imagine. That's incredible. That's yeah, incredible. Well, and then, you know, you get the lift up to whatever level you're on, you know. Yeah. Say level 11. Say level 11. And then you go and find yeah. slot B1. Slot B1. Look yeah. at my car. It's so clean because sprinklers come out. I, the top. I know. You, you uh, already there. Yeah. I can, I can, I can. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's very elaborate. And a lot of people think it's going to, you know, generate a lot of people wanting to move to Lithgow. Is that right? Yes. The People who work park, in Sydney yeah. or work in Orange or Bathurst or yeah. Mudgee, yeah. it's going to become a sort of multiple nuclei development. The car park will encourage... The car park is going to generate jobs, HG, yeah. down the, and real estate. Real estate, yeah. Because everyone's going to want to live within driving distance of the car park. <laughs> they will. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Now, you've mentioned the, uh, what an incredible week. I mean, I've, I've been just blown no. away by this and it's all very exciting. Now, you mentioned the donkey circuit. And like you, it's never looked stronger. I know, it's incredible, isn't it? This donkey circuit, and when you look at it, it's only three blokes. It's Gal, Noodles and SBW. That's, the, that's the circuit. But it generates so much interest, interest and it's, it's vital, becoming vital for the economy. I mean, it generates a lot of money, doesn't it? it? The money is just unimaginable. The money is unimaginable. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. So, oh, man. So where's this going? You mentioned that SPW had called out noodles. Yes. Well, my understanding is Gal has called out SPW. Right, so we've got a... A three-way A three-way, hookup that's, yeah, that's looking good. Yeah, well, either way it's looking good. <laughs> Now, Ricciardo, 13th at the Styrian GP, he had a power failure. God, I hate it when that happens. You know when you're driving and you're going really quick and suddenly the car doesn't go very well? <coughs> hate that. Um, anyway, 13th. I think his uh, teammate Norris had a similar power failure but it didn't affect him as much. He might have come eighth. He seems to be having trouble braking, HG. This is... 
Ricciardo. Yeah. He used to be a great breaker, a very late breaking. Mm. You know, he'd, he'd come into a corner flat out and then just hit the, hit the anchors and cruise around. Well, he appears to be hitting the anchors at least, you know, two, three hundred metres ahead <laughs> off, of where he used to. Off the corner. Yeah. Yeah, Gee, and this is what this is costing him up to two tenths of a second every lap. Yeah, so he's falling behind two tenths, and that's enormous with with, with your uh, with, with your F one, yeah. and with that bloke Verstappen right on your clapper. Well, you he, know, do, he doesn't see Verstappen because Verstappen's. Gone. I don't want to talk about him. Yeah, no, I understand. I've never met the bloke. I have no intention of meeting the bloke. You don't like the bloke. I don't like the bloke. If he walked through here today, right now, I'd be off. You'd be you and him doing the show. It wouldn't be easy. I'm telling you now. Because he doesn't want to talk about much apart from himself and racing. That's car racing. Car racing, yeah. No, no, horse racing. You wouldn't know what a horse was. He's an idiot. Now, uh, Nick Kyrgios, speaking of idiots, and I don't think he is one, Nick Kyrgios uh, has become the entertainer at the I know. A real old-fashioned entertainer. Do you know Engaging he, with the crowd. Where uh, should I serve yeah, now? No, Where do you great, want to serve? Hey, whisper it to me. Hey, okay, I'll try it. And then... Ace. Yeah, I know. Then yeah, going back. And then and so, goes yeah, back, thanks so, the they, people. Yeah. They love that. I know. They do love you, that. Honestly, they're, they're, they're... I don't think they've been as engaged as when it rains and... Uh, uh, Cliff Richard. Cliff Richard gets up and, and sings. sings. Yeah. I mean, I love that too. Yeah. But it's not quite as entertaining as Nick giving a ball to someone who's so, given him the good oil on where to serve. Now, does this come down a long line of entertainers? Ilya Nastasi? Well, Ilya Nastasi, I don't think he was more of... He wanted the policeman to play the shot. Ah, uh, yeah, no, that, that was your uh, brilliant bit of running. I know, Henri Lecomte. I was Henri going to Lecomte. go Ilya Nastasi, uh, then Henri Lecomte. Henri Lecomte was <clears throat> definitely an entertainer in that regard. Ilya was more a... Uh, Mm. Yeah, I get he'd it. try to get the, your opponent offside by gobbing off and ah. being unattractive. A bit like uh, Eon Tyriac. <laughs> Eon Tyriac was famous for, for that sort of behaviour as well, along with Ily Nastasi. Uh, John McEnroe, to a certain extent, yes, no, I understand. would uh, inflame the situation by gobbing off and. Whatever. And people would go back through the record book and realise that he had to do that because he was losing. He was losing, yeah. yeah. That's right. Mm. Yeah, it's you know, they'd uh, Show n- need a toilet break or something like yeah, that. Right. Anything just to yeah. break. The, yeah, know, the momentum. Break the momentum. Yes. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Nick's not like that. Nick doesn't try to break the momentum if he's losing. No, no, he just wants to entertain. I know. You know. I know. And that's what's so refreshing. And I and I think he's teamed up with I want to say Venus Williams. He has. And I think they won their first they did. match. Yes, they did. And again, Venus just couldn't stop laughing all the way through. <laughs> You know, she just loved it. It's the most entertaining day out day on the tennis court that she's, she's ever had. Yeah. That's a big call. She'd been mm. playing for a hell of a long time. Mm. And I've seen her have great games. But this must have been incredible. I didn't see it. I would have wished I had. Uh-huh. Now, uh, Roger gets over Gasquet in straight sets. He looks rusty, Roger. He looks rusty. But then again, he's nearly 40. Why wouldn't he look rusty? <laughs> you know? I, I, I don't know where this is going to end. Now, Somebody uh, needs to have a word to him. Yeah, yeah. Now, there are two schools of thought here, actually. Speaking of Nick as we were, this is Nick Curios. He says a couple of days ago he said he was saying yes to Olympic call-up 
but now he's not so sure. I think he's got an offer, hasn't he? He's got an Atlanta. offer to play somewhere else. Yeah, a in lucrative America. offer. Lucrative offer. The they're, Atlanta they're, Open. Something like that, where they're looking for an entertainer. <laughs> they're well, looking they for would an be, yeah. Well, they are. Yeah. Now, the Wimbledon grass appears to be very slippery and slow. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. This, is the, this is the premier tennis event in the world of the year. It is. Yeah, and you'd imagine they've been doing it for a hell of a long time now, preparing grass for grass called tennis, but this appears to... Nick Kyrgios described it as slow, which is unusual. Grass is never slow. Grass is usually quick. So it's slow grass and it's slippery grass. Players are falling over. It's cost uh, Serena Williams the tournament. Uh-huh. Uh, she injured herself. Roger was playing a bloke who injured himself and, you know, Roger wasn't sure he would have won the match had the bloke not... Fallen over. Fallen over and done his leg in. It's not good enough. It's, Can an, I ask abs- it's an absolute disgrace. They do two things. Uh, would cooch help? Some cooch in the mix help, binding it together a bit better. The other thing is they... I think about a bit of bull-eye soil. Well, I was going to say suggest bull-eye soil. Bull-eye soil. Now, look, yeah. the other thing was, um, you know, they relay it every year. And mm. what worries me is they've got a nematode in it. Oh, uh, that can now, happen. Now, because they, where does it come from? Yes. There's not enough. There's where not do enough they source soil. this grass? And soil. Yeah, where do they where, source the soil? Do they change the soil every year? They would. They would. They'd have to take a fair well, bit Well, why out. haven't they? Why, there's been no, as far as I'm concerned, I, I haven't heard any application to get a bit of bulli loam <laughs> sent to... Uh, we wouldn't know. No. Well, remember, of course, your solution for the nematode is to dig up the yes, playing you've got area to dig it up, yeah. and bo- down to a depth and of ten metres and boil it. Boil it. You've got to. Well, it's the only way. Are you telling me they haven't been boiling no. their soil? <laughs> outrageous. Now, here's a very good story, and doesn't the world need a couple of good stories at the moment? Wayne Gardner's boy Remy comes, I think, second, I think, in the Asin Moto GP. A real chip off the old block. You've mm. only got a half close your eye. Remember how great he was. Oh, he people was, forget he, that. Yeah, there was he. Yeah. He he was the uh, model for Mighty McDoin. Uh, split match, struck match between Mighty Mick and Wayne Gardner. Wayne Gardner was the original and the best, wasn't he? Remember, he, he got like, into cars and he didn't. He, he realize, did get the cars. Not as good though. No, he, yeah. he didn't realise how wide a yeah, car was. Yeah, they're wide, wide, too yeah. wide. Yeah, where the passengers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wanted yeah. fresh air. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so on the one hand, we've got uh, the young gardener boy. And on the other hand, we've got Peter Corder's boy, Sebastian, who took out uh, the demon, Demonar, at Wimbledon. And I think he's won his subsequent match to that as well. So isn't that Remember Peter Corder, he had that terrific leap? That he was a real entertainer. Can I say he I might, hated that? Yeah, I know you did, but a lot of people didn't. They loved it they when loved he won. They loved him for And it. he did that sort of scissor kick the thing. Scissor kick thing, yeah. yeah. It was very mm. engaging. He was a real entertainer. I think he won the Australian Open. He did. I'm pretty you know? sure he did. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I just groaned. Yeah, I know you I, did. I just yeah, had yeah, to yeah. walk away. I think subsequently he might have failed a drugs test. I think. <laughs> well, I think. I'd need to be corrected on that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm not suggesting the scissors kick came out of... Drugs. Some, uh, you know, yes, I'm not suggesting that at all. That was that was just his go and everyone loved it. But isn't it good to – and I think Peter Corder might have a daughter who plays golf. I think the, that's right. In the uh, PGA. Now, it's Blocker's kids, uh, young – Blocker Roach. Blocker Roach, he's got a couple of kids and they're going to the Olympics, I think, in water polo. No way. Brothers. No way. Two well, brothers. See, that's a wonderful story. I, I mean, why don't we hear about that? 
And we are today. Outstanding young Australians. Outstanding young thank Australians. You young Australians. Thank you. And uh, speaking of outstanding young Australians, uh, Ash Barty looks to be in pretty good shape. There was talk about her having a, a, an arm injury, but it doesn't appear to have uh, surfaced so far in the tournament, and she's looked very, very solid. Uh, as you mentioned, a wonderful week for the greatest game of all. Munster in trouble again. Use of the knees on Tedesco. What is it about Munster at the moment? I mean, someone's got to give him a soul. Well, didn't... Uh, Bellamy have a go? Yeah, didn't Bellamy ask so, him to weed yeah. that out of his game? Yeah, he's gone from the... Well, the foot to the yeah, knee. To the knee, yeah. yeah so it's great I suppose he's working his way up. I hate to imagine what's coming next. Uh, Nathan Cleary might be out for the season with a shoulder injury mm. sustained in Origin 2, very early in Origin 2 as well. Wouldn't surprise me if Munster was somehow involved. I know he wasn't near, but I'm sure he had something to do with it. You know, He thought it. He thought it. He gave someone the idea. Mm. Tackle him this way and you might bugger his shoulder. Well, it worked. Thank you, Munster. Uh, Josh Dugan has uh, broken lockdown protocols. Had a few beers with some mates, as you do during lockdown. Looks like he's in trouble. Mm. He might be. Uh, he might be turning out this weekend. And just finally, as she very sad news, Ben Simmons, our two hundred million point guard, is officially pulled out of the Boomers, as we expected. And can I just say, as you, I, I, I don't want to criticise him for this at all. Right. I, I think we've got to reach out. He's having problems at the moment, confidence issues. Confidence shooting. Shooting issues, yeah, yeah. and that's difficult for a basketball player. If mm. you can't shoot, you can't really play. I mean, anyone can, you know, <laughs> Run you up and dribble down. all your life. Dribble doesn't win, doesn't give you bloody points. Uh, all I can say is on behalf of all rugby league fans mm-hmm. who uh, listen to this program, we reach out to uh, Ben Simmons and wish him all the best yeah. and look forward to him joining the Boomers perhaps in, what will it be, two years' time, three years' time? Well, three the, years' time, when, I assume. Yeah. When the next Olympics is on. And if he can hang around long enough, we'd love to see him in Brisbane. Australians, rugby league crime is at pandemic proportions. Referees and officials can't see everything. But together, we can. If you see rugby league crime, then as an Australian, do your duty and report it to Bludging on the Blind Side. Text us on 0467 920 222. Yes, and as the Sumster suggested then, the text line number for Bludging on the Blind Side is 0467920222. If you want to get involved, that's one way. The other way is the old school digi way. That's RoyNHG at abc.net.au. Now, Roy, <clears throat> we mentioned the Curios uh, a fair bit in our opening remarks. Now, get this. This is um, colourful characters, which, which obviously Nick Curios is, and yeah. we've got two more to consider. Mm. Alexander Bublik and Francis Tiafo right. have set their personalities and aggressive entertaining style of play free. I mean, we are back to this idea that tennis should entertain. Mm. Now, uh, Rublik, number 38 in the world, beat former Wimbledon semi-finalist Dimitrov in straight sets in the second round. He did it serving 
second serves as fast as his first and generally carrying himself in a manner similar to Nick Kyrgios, right. who also won his way into the third round. The thing I love about him, obviously, I see similarities with his game style, but how he carries himself. He's his own man, said Nick in a presser. Yes. It's good to see players not conforming to what the sport wants them to be like. Yes. Kyrgios said of years of being criticised for his on-off behaviour, on-court, off-court behaviour, had paved the way for those players to express themselves as they saw fit. Mm. I was crucified for doing anything out of the ordinary, out of the box, talking to the crowd, hitting between my legs, the underarm serves. The biggest example is what I did, an underarm serve to Rafa in Acapulco. It was like as a, as a disgrace yeah. and the game had and had no respect for the sport. Mm. But then you have guys like Nishikori hitting the underarm serves and people say he's so tactically switched on. Yeah, players now, I love Rubelik, it drifts away a bit there. But is this a new era we're looking at, a way of the younger players defining themselves from the big four Mm. who have dominated the sport for so long? And if so, why haven't others thought about it? Is because the others who came along, Mm. you know, the Sipti passes and the themes and that, don't have the game plans that uh, TFO and uh, Bublik and Mm. Kyrgios have? Well, it's difficult, isn't it, when you've had someone like... um Ornaments to the game, ornaments to like the game. Uh, Rafa and uh, Roger. Mm. Uh, or ornaments for so long. No, you know? I mean, it's, I can't. I can almost not remember a time when we didn't have Roger and Rafa as as role models, and that can bring pressure on your younger player who clearly are not Roger or Rafa, and are not likely to be. So they've got to find themselves. They've they've, they've got to be their own people. And uh, it's a bit like politicians, actually. It's so refreshing when you see a politician who says what he or she thinks. Are you thinking of who I'm thinking of? The beetroot guy. (laughs) I mean, says what he thinks. And it's so refreshing. I mean, it can be, you know, a bit on the gobbledygook end, but that's all right. That's him. He's saying what he thinks. He's saying what he thinks. You know, it's a bit hard to work out what he's thinking, but... Well, that's not important. That's not important. At least he's saying what's going on in his head and giving Mm. you an insight Mm. and not some massaged, manufactured, schematised, bulletin points. Message. Yes. People are sick of that. And that's why Nick is so refreshing. Nick is just being Nick. If he wants to go out there and sit down in the middle of centre court and take a dump, well, so be it. He's being himself. And people love that. It's entertaining. You know, and there'd be many people in the crowd who'd be happy to come out with with a roll of toilet paper and say, Nick, wipe it off for me, buddy. (laughs) People would love that. I know. Now, And it wouldn't surprise me if he did it. Yeah. You know, Rafa goes close. He's always fiddling with that part of his anatomy, isn't he? He is. Now. A role model. (laughs) I mean, that's where Nick got the idea. Why not just take it a little bit further? Can I ask, we go back to Andre Agassi. Yes. Now, remember when he first... Oh, he's started, a pirate. A pirate, that's right. He started off a pirate. He did. He did. And people thought he'd bring the pirate look to the centre court. Yes. And then, of course, he toned it all down. He did. He but beca- what an he entertainer. respectable. He's but become what an entertainer. You're right. And remember when he first won Wimbledon, might have against the, uh, oh, yeah. the German bloke who then became oh, an ambassador. Uh, for not, someone. not the Boris Boom Boom Becker. Boom Boom. I think, was his first scalp. Well, he was a bit mad, Boom Boom, wasn't he? Remember he used to wrap his head in a towel and (laughs) go weird? Well, (laughs) I wasn't going to go that far, but I agree with you. I take your point. Now, remember how he lay on the ground Mm. and he looked up and his coach might have been Eon Tyriak. Eon Tyriak, yes. Who loved to stand at a net with a bucket of balls. And 
Eon said, stay down longer, stay down longer, because yeah. the crowd loved crowd it. Love the pirate it. had become part of the establishment. Yes, I mean, you don't often see that. It was no. great. It was an act. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And people the... wondered whether he'd come out with the scarf and the eye patch the and eye stuff patch like... and all of that, yeah. yeah. He didn't need to. No. You know, he, he had that sort of pirate swagger. Pirate swagger. That's exactly the... that's what they're talking about yeah, here. Yeah, swagger. Well, Nick's got a bit of a swagger, hasn't mm-hmm. he? He's got a swagger that says, you know, don't... Oh, I'm a bit different. If I'm I, a bit different. I'm not Rafa. Yeah. You know, I don't feel like that. <laughs> I'm not Roger. No. You know, dull as. You know, I am Nick. The dumpster. Like an Olympic. I am the dumpster. <laughs> Rugby League is the only code to assist in the development of both the Pfizer and AstraZeneca vaccines. Fact. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Roy, and so we come to the events of last Sunday night at uh, Suncorp Stadium. Now, look, I'm starting to worry now. I didn't worry originally because I thought, oh, it's just um, an aberration. Uh, But things are starting to look a bit weird. I have to ask myself, what NRL side could the Queensland team beat? Now, I think they'd have a fair chance against the Dogs because the Dogs have five players Mm. who aren't, in their normal run-on side yeah. because COVID COVID, yeah, they broke the protocols. Good yeah, on you then. Yeah, Dylan yeah. didn't get in the car. That's right. Now, where I'm up to with this is mm. I think that the difficulty is, is you've got two schools of thought. You've got attack and defence. Mm. Defence is easier to manufacture than... Attack. Than attack. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, they're, but they're not doing defending no. very well either. So they've they? lost. Just, in the past, they were able you, to You're able to build on your defence. <clears throat> mm. Well, that's not working for them because their defence isn't particularly good. Look at them, what, 75 points to six or something. So Ryan Girdler. Ryan, yeah. Yeah. Always respect Ryan's thoughts. They looked like a club side last night. Club side. That's what we all spoke about when Queensland was so dominant for the period of eight years. Yeah. They just clicked straight into gear and went straight back to work. You saw that with Queensland last night, how clunky their attack was. Yeah. They looked like they hadn't played together before. And New South Wales just had this continuity with a similar side of the last couple of years yeah. and the form they're in at club level. It transferred straight into origin. It was just unbelievable, incredible to watch. Now, yeah. Yeah. I accept all of that. Yeah. But again, I come back to my point. I'm not sure. On a good day, I don't think they'd beat the Dogs. If the dogs oh, had a good yeah, day. Yeah. Now. Right. Can well, I? Look, I, I think there's a real problem in the f- communication between DCE and Munster. I don't think they like each other. Mm-hmm. My feeling is that no one in the Queensland team likes Munster. Well, they don't like his kicking game. They don't like his kicking game. They don't like his attitude. They don't like his use of the feet or the knees. They don't. They don't. Uh, so, however... My understanding is that uh, the selectors are probably going to drop DCE and keep Munster as the brains of the team. Right. Yes. So it wouldn't surprise me if DCE is dropped. Right. That's it. You've heard it here first. I'm bludging on the the blind side. Now, where I was going with this was the future of the concept, really. Oh, yes. Is because... Well, always the future of the concept is is questioned when Queensland aren't winning. <laughs> I mean, is the concept only does it only work when the Maroons are winning? Is that it? 
I think that is it. It might be it, isn't it? Yeah. See, the, that's why I come back to the <laughs> yeah. things. It's if, a blue because the Blues used to win all the time. Mm. You know, back in the day before State of Origin. Mm. There's, there's something weird about this. Okay, let me just come to the problem of punting. Yeah. Betting on the thing now. In the past, <clears throat> hope was always held out by the Blues, you know, brains trust and players that we were going to win this time. Yeah. This is going back historically over the last say fifteen years. Yes. They haven't done it very often. No. But hope. Springed eternal in, in New South Wales, yeah. whereas defence and the jumper sprang eternal in Queensland. Yeah. Do you understand the two competing sure. ideas? Yeah. So when it comes to betting, people put millions on New South Wales winning, almost knowing that they were going to lose. Yeah. yeah. They enjoyed the sense of tossing mm. in 10 bucks into the TAB pot and then wandering away thinking, well, that was yeah. entertaining in itself. Sure. Now, here we get to the problem of crowds. Mm. I think that the crowd... We'll go to the next, uh, COVID notwithstanding, we'll go to the Newcastle game. Right. But then next year, mm-hmm. if Newcastle win by, say, 80 to nil on Newcastle on Wednesday week or whenever it you is. You mean if New South Wales wins? Sorry, New South yeah. Wales wins 80 Mind to you, nil Newcastle could beat them. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Newcastle would knock them over. Yeah. Be a closer game, but yeah. Newcastle could <laughs> knock them over. Yeah. And that'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Mm. Anyway, yeah. Uh, then the f- next year, when it comes around, the crowds aren't. The, the Queensland crowd will think, well, we're not going to be able to win. Yeah. They've got, right. you know, Toe and, uh, you know, Cleary and all of them, but they're just too good. Too good. Why would we go? Yeah. Because they're not idiots, Queensland people. They know they'd like to be on a winner. Yeah. Well, now, so no, got- Queensland people, generally speaking, Queensland people, when the Maroons aren't winning, totally lose interest. You're right. That's what I mean. They yeah. lose interest. Whereas New South Wales crowds, if the Blues aren't winning... They still go. ...stay interested. Yeah, I know. It's weird, isn't it? Because of this hope business you're hope, talking about. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's exactly... Queenslanders have never had to rely on hope, have they? That's right. That's right. Hope's, that's hope's right. a foreign concept to them. That's exactly right. Yes. And the whole thing's got this weird twist in it now. Yes. Because... I mean, if you ask Kevin Walters today or Paul Green, what does hope mean? They'd scratch their heads. Not a clue. <laughs> I know. I know. Not... No clue. I know. They've never had to deal with it. So when you come, when you, you know, the closeness mm. of two things, mm. the hope in New South Wales producing a close result yeah. every time they go in, and the strength of the maroon jumper in defence, yes. not in attack, yeah. in defence, uh, uh, are the things that are sort of seriously yes. weirded out. They are. I noticed a writer in the uh, Sydney Morning Herald was writing saying that in the forwards, the Blues also enjoyed supremacy this the other night. Mm. But the free-flowing 2021 rules reward a showcase the faster and more skilled back line. Yes. Now, that's a big change in origin. It is. It is. It is. It because is. it doesn't allow people like Nate Miles to come into his own. No, or, you know, no, no, the, no. And the other thing is that that, that, that our back line, we were able to use them as forwards. I know. Oh, yeah, How true. embarrassing is that for the Queenslanders? Yeah. You know, ball being run up by Turbo Tom. <laughs> you know, biggest belief. That was in both games, though. Yeah. Yeah, and Luttrell. They give Luttrell. Luttrell, yeah. He's you a, want to have a yeah, run up? Oh, yeah, yeah. Soft ass. <laughs> now, given the object of the new rules is to completely increase the entertainment, it has to be asked whether those rules are failing origin. Mm. Oh, I've, I found it incredibly entertaining. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, putting on 70 <laughs> points, eh, nothing better, nothing funnier. Where do you think you'll be in, say, two or three years' time when they're yeah. still scoring 70 points? Oh, well, that's when we'll start questioning the concept, won't we? (laughs) 
Bludging on the Blind Side is calling for an annual Rugby League address to the nation to be delivered at dawn on National Rugby League Day, September the 8th. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Uh, Roy, coming back to State of Origin, I mean, uh, what the weird thing here is, is that the emphasis on on speed, ball movement and free flow is easily forgotten that Origin matches over the years have been typically gruelling, grunting defence, yeah. yeah. as we were talking about. Uh, they were entertaining not because they were fast, but because they were close. That's all gone, obviously, sure. 76 to 6. Yep. There's been uh, silly recent talk about Origin being permitted to play its, under its own rules. Oh. You know, going back to the old thing. The yeah. real question is whether Origin could be played under the old rules and slow the game down and bring the teams closer together. No, no, we've moved on. I there'd think be, that's there'd, right. There'd be head issues. You, you, you can't. I mean, it's, no, no, Nate it's, Miles couldn't play this game anymore. No, the, the genie is out of the bottle if that's the right yeah, way It is totally it. out of the bottle. Um, now, uh, Matt from Yass, uh, she wants to remind us of Bluey the dog. He's wondering where Bluey is and if Bluey could uh, make a comeback now. What, for the Maroons? For the Maroons. No, no, for the Blues, obviously. Well, hang on a minute. Haven't we, uh, don't we need something new in origin to make it interesting? <laughs> and Maybe. If, you know, Bluey the dog, I'd love to know what's happened to Bluey the dog. I've got I mean, no idea what, what happened to Bluey. It was a great idea and people, kids loved it. They did. Space. China. Rugby League. Australia. Join the dots. It is your future. Imagine the Shanghai SARS slugs packing down against the Footscray funnel webs on Mars for the Volandis Cup. All future intergalactic fixtures hung bludging on the blind side. Ah, uh, yes, welcome back to Bludging on the Blind Side. If you want to get involved with the show, the text number is 0467920222. That's 0467920222. Or the old digiway, Roy and HG at abc.net.au. And the following people have, Roy. Uh, they have, HG. Uh, Susie in Berry has got through on the text, HG. She's saying the two clamour blowholes are magnificent in a big swell. That would be right. The little blowhole is often more impressive than uh, the main blowhole. Can I point that? That's my experience that, of it. Is that your experience? Yeah, I've stood at the main blowhole. So if you were going to have a wedding shot, you'd go to the little blowhole. Yeah. Can I just say okay. that the main blowhole can be, you know, you can go dull, and think it's going to be great. Dull. And you look down the coast yeah. and there's the little one blowing off. Wow. Incredible. Well, the big blowhole used to be like the little blowhole. I know, but it's got too big. I think it's big. changed shape. It's got too big. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Change shape. Change shape. Hmm. Well, that's nature, isn't it? Can't do anything about that. Well, I suppose council could get the cement. architects in and put some cement in there and tighten it up. Mm-hmm. Um, Brad's been in touch. She says, happy rugby league. Uh, I was once a, a young Victorian Balmain Tigers supporter. Wow. It was quite upsetting watching the Tigers get smashed by Bellamy's, Bellamy's men last weekend. It got me thinking about a better system. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. My solution is to remove the storm from the home and away season. This would save the ordinary Sydney teams like Canterbury and West the embarrassment of being belted by Melbourne. They play more games against the average Queensland outfits, hopefully being more competitive. At the end of the home and away games, Melbourne could be parachuted in to the top of the ladder, given the minor premiership, and then the finals could proceed. (laughs) Because one of the slightly better Sydney teams like Cronulla or St George would need 
uh, to uh, slide back to ninth and what not being able to play in the finals, they uh, <coughs> would have received an encouragement type award, being in the eight for longer than they really deserved. Hopefully this would give them a bit of a spark for the following season. Once Melbourne won the Premiership, they could have another rest until the following July when Bellamy could get his boys back onto the field. Isn't that a lovely idea? Lovely idea. <clears throat> um, yes, I believe the system would be a win-win for Rugby League and I think you should present my plan to the man of feathers, who I'm sure would embrace the concept. Well, he may. Uh, now, Ray from Shell Cove... Well, by the way, we're happy to punch that through to the feathers' office. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't it. know if he can read it. He'll right, have it by the end of the day. Yeah, thanks. And thanks. That's, a, uh, that's a clad... Iron-clad iron clad guarantee. Yeah. Ray says, uh, one of the results of State of Origin 1 was Cameron Munster is fast becoming the most hated man in New South Wales. One would have thought that Wally Lewis would have had that title forever. However, Munster is fast approaching this status. As the only man to be put in the sin bin twice in a grand final, he set himself up to overtake Lewis and his deliberate kick in the guts of New South Wales edge player Liam Martin consolidated this rather dubious title. Yeah, well, that's excellent. That's probably excellent. true, you know. If you did yeah. run a poll, who's the most hated, the most man, hated in... man in New South Wales? I'd be surprised if Munster. Yeah, didn't... I mean, there'd be others. Oh yeah, obviously. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's local, local, but local, yeah. local, you. local. Thank you. And in the world of rugby league, yeah. Uh... That, that's a big thing because there's lots of people who, you know, in rugby league, there's yeah. lots of. Petty hatreds that are suburban, aren't there? There I mean, are. You know, people in Parramatta would hate, understandably, people from Penrith. And, well, they do. <laughs> they do. Or St George or whatever. St George, yeah. Illawarra. The dual venture. Chris, yeah, Chris from Cross Harbour. He says, The concerning trend of coaches not recognising their teams continued this week, with Geelong coach Chris Scott uttering the infamous words, That wasn't us out there. I know. After Thursday night's defeat to the Lions. I know. Now, what are your thoughts on this incredibly confusing and confronting situation where a coach doesn't recognise his team or players and which eminent Australian sportsperson should head a commission examining the fallout of this? It's incredible, isn't it? I mean, it's all very well for Stick, uh, that's the uh, Well, Stick ant. started it. Stick, well, Stick started it and I, I, I think it's something that Stick worked on as something that badged him up. Yeah. I'm the person who doesn't recognise us out there, you know, so yeah. that's something you can't take that away from no, me. No, He's no. the bloke who began it. Genius. <laughs> Genius. Now. Genius. Because he, he let everyone off the hook, you know. Okay. That wasn't my team, that wasn't them, so. No, we didn't see it. Nothing to look here. Mm. Let's move on. Mm. See you next, next week. week. <laughs> Clap. <laughs> now, Mark's been in touch. He says, happy rugby league. It's not often that your correspondent in the Netherlands finds it necessary to get in touch, but discussions <laughs> in recent weeks have led me to do just that. Whilst all is not well in the state of Denmark, apparently, according to Tim, our blow-in from Copenhagen, with the national team languishing at 43rd in world rankings, it was put forward by your Swedish correspondent, Jared, last week, that the Swedish powerhouse was ranked as high as 30. Yes, I remember this yeah. clearly. This got me thinking about rugby league in the Netherlands. Having done the necessary research, and much to my own surprise, the Netherlands is ranked 26th. What? In a sport, according to Wikipedia, quote, that is virtually unknown in the Netherlands. <laughs> Obviously, to rank so highly and be virtually unknown, there must be a wealth of natural talent here. Um, just to remind that all, not all Dutchmen are built like that F1 ass clown, whose name I won't mention here for the sake of Roy's blood pressure. I don't know who you're talking about. 
What has the man of feathers been doing to tap into this gold mine of natural talent lurking in this country? I'd suggest, Mark, nothing. Nothing. He's not interested. He's not interested. He's not interested. No. no. But imagine that. Uh, You know, you've got your Pacifica. Yes. You've got your New Zealand. You've got Australia. And you've got the Netherlands. Yes. I mean, this is in the top 30. Yes. Almost the top 25. Yes. Yeah, almost knocking on the door of World Cup. Yeah, now that's World Cup. Wouldn't it be lovely to see the World Cup? See the Netherlands part of the World the, Cup. They wear an orange shirt, unmistakable. Yeah, un- totally unmistakable. And fearsome. Fearsome. Oh, fearsome. Uh, now, Maureen's been in touch. She says, uh, hearing the Queensland origin coach Paul Green refer to the New South Wales Blues as marshmallows has made me realise there are two things wrong with the Maroons. They are the marshmallows and their coach is delusional. The whole concept of state of origin is in jeopardy if something mm-hmm. isn't done to fix things. Can I su- this is echoing some of the themes you've been making today, actually. Can I suggest that Queensland flick Paul Green and replace him with Danny Green, <laughs> thus killing two birds with one stone? Well, Danny Green had certainly... Toughen him up. Toughen him up. They wouldn't, bit, they wouldn't, wouldn't take a step backwards. They certainly wouldn't. Mm. Uh, nor would they be all that worried about rules. Rules. <laughs> no, that's true. Now, uh, this is from Evan in Tokyo. He says, Konnichiwa, lads and Happy Rugby League from Japan. He said, I was curious the other day to see how Mark Hensby was going. Oh, yeah, who isn't? Who isn't? Um, now, he said uh, in what was his only his second start in the last three years, the 49-year-old somehow managed a 10-shot penalty in one sh- in one, hu- one stroke, one hole. What happened was, I won't bother going through all of it, what happened was that... He'd hit a ball, went slightly off the fairway, and then finding the ball, he found another ball and thought it was his ball and played on. And it wasn't until three or four holes later he thought, hello, this isn't my ball. My ball hasn't got a black spot on it. Mine's got a green spot. What's happened here? Ten-stroke penalty. Wow. Does that often happen in golf, Roy? Uh, I've never heard of it before, HG. Mm -hmm. Never before. And he owned up. Yeah, he owned up. And did up. you get a Hensby number? Uh, yes, he's uh, ranked at the moment 1897 and holding. <laughs> and uh, Matthew Faulkner has been in touch. He says, uh, with South African golfer Louis Oosterhuizen claiming his sixth runners-up plate and majored recently, got me wondering if Lewis was ever going to reach the achievements of Greg Norman, who has eight major runners-up plates. Right, that is a thought. You know, I always think of Peter Oosterhuis. Oh, the great yeah. Peter Oosterhuis. Yeah. What a player. <laughs> what a player. What a player. Uh, now, he says, goes on here, I'm sure as Roy is aware, Mark Hensby turned 50 on Wednesday. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That is incredible. His fifth at the Masters and third at the US Open in 2005 is a far cry from his Corn Ferry Tour form of late. Missed the cut by a shot last weekend. Uh, no that can pro- happen, though. Oh, of course. No prize money in 2021 so far. But I'm sure there's still life in his clubs and he still has so much to offer. Oh, he's certainly got a lot to golf. offer. Well, he certainly has. Well, Phil Mickelson, I rest my case. Yes. You, you know, turned 50 the other day. He and, did. And, and won the US. Uh, won the US Masters. Yes, I know. That's what I mean. You know, it's... it's yeah, I it's wouldn't not write your... Hensby off. Thanks very much. That's the words I'm looking for. Well, I mean, we've never written Hensby off. No, and neither should no the Australian No one's been public. more supportive of Mark Hensby than this program. What sport 
single-handedly turned Gallipoli from a loss into a win. Rugby League, celebrated here on Bludging on the Blind Side. And Roy, Wednesday night was going to be a terrific night for Australian boxing and sadly it hasn't quite turned out that way, but all may be... Uh, uh, it's going to be rescued, yeah. Yes, and it's yeah. going to be rescued by a young chap, a hometown hero who's pulling beers at a hockey club in Toowoomba yep. and entertaining pensioners with his happy-go-lucky charm mm-hmm. for 25 bucks an hour. Yep. Name is Steve Spark. Steve Spark, He's yep. He's going to step up and fulfil fill those shoes that Zarafa's left smolder, in smouldering ruins yep. on the Zoo Castle ring yep. and take on Timmy Zoo. That's fantastic. Now, Spark will celebrate the biggest payday of his career, mm-hmm. uh, getting a hundred grand. Good private jet there, boarded on Thursday night. Uh, could be an app, you know, for the soaring rise. He's twelve in his career. Twelve one. He's had uh, eleven KOs. Wow. Speck of dynamite in each port. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> Didn't Jeff Fennick talk about him? At right, he thought he would uh, be a big challenge for uh, Zoo, a, really? a respectable challenge. Yes. I mean, 12-1, 11 KOs isn't bad. Of course, Zoo is... And he's uh, not on the donkey circuit, is he? I know, no, no. No, he's no, not. no, no, no suggestion is, he's yeah. uh, on the uh, mule end of the spectrum. Yeah. No, look, um, and of course, Zoo is 18 zip, yep. 14 t- KOs. Yep. Uh, if I can pull this win off, it would be unbelievable, Spark said exclusively to Bludging on the Blind Side. Yep. To me, this is my Cinderella Man mo- movie. Yep. This is my rocky moment. Yeah. I'm an unknown for Zoo. I'll tell you one thing. I have more of a chance than Michael Zarafa because he hasn't shown up. Yeah, Got that's right. Got a bit right. of wit about him too. He has. He's a bit lippy, isn't he? Yeah. But good. he's not Tootie. Correct. You know. No, no. I know uh, not many people give me a chance and I know I'm sub- not supposed to win this fight, but in the ring I don't fear any man. Tim Zoo has, has two hands, he has a heartbeat, so do I, and we all bleed red when we can, and we can all get hurt. Tim has been dropped before in his career, and so so have I. Yeah. So anything's possible. He is the soul taker. I'm the Viking warrior coming to get him. The Ooh. Viking warrior. Now wait for it. He takes it even further because he brings that old-fashioned Kyrgios-style show business yes. to boxing. He, uh, his walk to the ring is accompanied by the Viking clap. Wow. Evoking images of the end. I'm not sure how many people are allowed to go to this, oh. but even I'd love to see zoo supporters do the clap for. Well, they would. That, because they love, they'd they want to see the vow. They, they want to see some action. Of course. Now, evoking the en- images of an old side, Canberra Raiders fans stand as one and clap the green machine on the yeah. field. Any fighter will tell you it's nerve wracking in the dressing room before the fight, but as soon as I hear the music and the clap, I'm ready to go there and have a war. What's the music, H.G.? Is it some Viking music, is it? What, yeah, we are the Vikings. Right. Woo! There's the, the horn, of course. Oh, the horn, yeah. Then woo! Yeah, that's right. Oh, then the clap, yeah. Since chills, you know. Damn us mind. Yeah. Wow. Now, Jeff. You can imagine sitting around in your monastery back in the day and from the sea you hear the woo! I know. And the splash of alls. Yeah. Oh, man. Now. And you're the soul taker. Yes, soul, soul taker. taker. So you say, here they come. Here they, yeah. Better put the gloves on. Yeah. Now, you mentioned Fennec. Mm-hmm. Australian boxing legend Jeff Fennec believes Spark is more is a more dangerous opponent for Zoo than Zarafa. Wow. That's a big call from that the, is the a big triple call. world title holder. And it's not in Jeff's interest just to talk it up for no reason. No. He believes this. I- <laughs> 
Beethoven thought of that. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, and Zarafa. Because he and, says what he thinks. Yeah, he's curious. Isn't that refreshing? It is. And uh, <clears throat> the numbers support the assessment. From 13 fights, the power-punching spark has dropped 11 opponents for an 85% knockout record. It's the most recent win that has attracted some eyeballs. Now, his most recent win was fighting on, wait for it, the Gallum v. Brown undercard. Like the donkey circuit. Yeah, it's out there on the donkey circuit. Right. Yeah, and uh, he's he's on the undercard. Remember that night Brown came in with big raps? He did. Gal put him away, I think, uh, in the 10th or something, yeah, something like that. Like it was that. a terrific yeah. fight. Yep. Uh, he didn't my... attack his feet. No, he didn't. <laughs> he kept it up, didn't he? <laughs> he stood up and took it. Yeah. I sent it, rather. Anyway, uh, he overcame a first-round knockdown to dominate Jack Brubaker. Well, he this can is... fight. He can fight Brubaker. This is Spark. Yeah. The same cocktail boxer who got trailed up by Zoo in four rounds in December 2019. Underlining Sparks' courage, he is jumping up two weight divisions to fight Zoo. He usually fights a super lightweight. He's yeah. jumped up one division to beat Brew Baker and he's never fought in Zoo's weight class. So it'll be a few pies this week. I'd be a lot of pies and pasta. Yeah. In eight months, I fought in three weight divisions, which is unheard of. That's mad to some people, but I love a challenge. This yeah. is Spark. He's him. described himself as a knockout artist. Good. But if you watch uh, the Brubaker fight, I outboxed him as well. Yes. Now. So he, he, he's both a fighter and a boxer, isn't he? Yeah. He's it, got it all, isn't he? <laughs> he's got the two strings yeah. to a buck. Yeah, yeah. Now, for the past decade, Spark has... What a credit he is. What a credit he is to Can himself. I use the word outstanding? Outstanding young Australian, isn't he? Thanks. It's not everyone who would respond like that getting the call so late. And then he's in Toowoomba. He's got to get to Newcastle. He's got to get to Newcastle. Private jet. Yeah. And he's been billeted, did you say? He, Who's he, he staying he, with? Joey Johns. <laughs> I suppose he would. <laughs> Joey would be like that. Yeah. He, he likes be. his boxing. He does. He does. He's, he's quite happy. He's got through through. always got he's got a spare bedroom. There. He's got a sleep out okay. on the front of the house. Right, okay. Now, for the past decade, Spark has dreamt of a world title. Born in Western Australia, he moved to Toowoomba when he was twelve and took up boxing. Such is his devotion when his parents relocated away from the centre of Toowoomba, Spark moved into Smithy's Gym where he trains. Right. Now, Smithy's Gym, legendary. Did he live there, HG? He, was he, he moved in. Moved in. So, yeah. he, so he was sleeping, living at the gym. And to make ends meet, he serves beer at the bar at the Glenvale Hockey, uh, Hockey Club. He gets yeah. 25 bucks an hour, 35 on the weekends. Good. I love working there. I love the social aspect of it and talking to the old fellas. Now, that's, keep all that in your mind, moving into the gym. Yeah. Working with people. Yes. So then we come it's to It's a story this. of redemption, that, isn't it? Oh, absolute redemption. Absolute redemption. Here's a young kitty pulling beers at the hockey club. Next thing he's in the ring against a zoo. I mean, <laughs> that's Australia, isn't it? That's Australia. Uh, have a go. Get have a go. go. Get a go. Mm. Exactly. Now, this is a story. This one brought a tear to my eye, Roy. Yeah. Fella Kiko Manu. Oh, yes. There's a name. Yep. He's living out of his car. That's right. He's in his car there on the back seat. The easy option was to give up his NRL dream and head home to his native New Zealand. I mean, you can see it now, can't you? The time or the what night. He, he was going to sell night. the car and fly home, was he? Yep. How long has he been living in the car, actually? Oh, years. A couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Now, but nothing has been easy for him. <clears throat> when as a 16-year-old, he flew to Australia by himself in the hope of one day becoming a first grader when he was unwanted on the NRL scrap heap and resigned to living in a single bed at a panel beaters where he worked. Isn't that amazing? You see it now, isn't it? On the plane, thinking, buddy, hell, the Parramatta will want me, or if they don't want me, I'll go to Penrith. If Penrith don't want me, St George will want yeah. me. I want to stay in New South Wales if I can. Yeah. But bugger it, I'll go across the border, seek my fortune there, and if the worst comes to worst, I'll ring Craig Bellamy cold. Craig, my name's, you know, money, yeah. do you want me? Do you want me? Where do you want me? Now. 
It's unusual to have a panel beaters with a bedroom in it, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I'm not questioning the story. I'm sure there are some out there, but any panel beaters I've been to, never seen a bedroom. And he called it that home as recently as February, but at the time he also had a just before Christmas, the 24-year-old was plucked from obscurity complete, uh, to complete a surprise training session of the Bulldogs' top-grade squad. Right. Then when on the brink of giving up on his NRL dream, Manu received a phone call that would change his life. There was an opposed session against the NRL squad, which wasn't supposed to happen. You get it? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. supposed to happen, opposed session. Yep. They needed players. This is at uh, the Can- Canterbury's Feeder Club, Mounties. They needed players. It was pretty much the game of my life. We played full on. I was breaking the line and running around the NRL squad and I, I, I was shocked how well I went. Yeah. Well, you would be. Yeah. Uh, straight after the session, the Bulldogs reached out. They told me they wanted me to complete the rest of the pre-season. The training session changed everything and it was, it was the best thing to happen to me. Yeah. Manu was a shining light in an otherwise dark week for the Bulldogs in the which the club has lumped with a $50,000 fine, five players were unavailable for Saturday's match against the Seagulls and star signing Nick Kotrick was ruled out for the season. Manu's debut has taken more than a decade. Mm. He was a bright-eyed and hopeful when he secured the scholarship that uh, to Ipswich stayed high after being scouted in South England. The Bulldogs spotted him, moved him, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Manu was struggling away on the field. Out of the NRL system, he found his salvation in his boss, Jim Angelus. Uh, was that the panel beater? That's the panel beater. I told him I only had one condition, that he was punctual when he put him on as a panel beater. Good. I'm not sure what he did as a panel beater. No. Obviously punched the panels, probably with his bare hands. Mm-hmm. I said we start at 7.30am. Little did I know that he was uh, living in Cabramatta. His travel time started at 4.30 and he had to walk and take nine. Oh, he had to walk to work. He didn't have the car to live in at that stage, I assume. So where work. was he living? Because the panel beater hadn't offered him the, be- the bedroom at that stage. Well, the, well, I'm sure he didn't know there was a bedroom in the panel beaters at that stage. <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> but anyway, the story, walked, the story a, I mean. A three-hour walk to get there at 7.30. He had to walk and take two trains and a bus. He was never late. Walk and two trains and a bus. <laughs> no. It's amazing, isn't it? Man, yeah. He, he was he, probably living in Lithgow. Yeah, oh, the before they moved, before they moved, moved the railway station. Yeah. <laughs> he was never late. He would finish up for work and then head Never to Never late. I know. And then... The, uh, what, the train, both trains and the bus ran on time? <laughs> I find <laughs> that seriously hard to believe. Andrew Constance, the transport <laughs> minister, would too. Wow. That's a part of the story that's incredible. Yeah. That's more incredible than doing it. Yeah, he could become the face of New South Wales public transport. <laughs> now, Jim, the employer... <clears throat> yeah, Jim, the panel beater, yeah. After a while, we got he, he we got wind. He was sleeping in the car. What got wind? Yeah, as well, in someone told him. Did you know that bloke? Said, well, hang on. I thought he was probably catching two trains in a bus. We found him <clears throat> scruffy and not his normal self. We had a, a, a sick bay area, and we offered it to him. So oh, the sick bay area. Yeah, That's see, the bedroom. Yeah, you know sometimes. People are spray painting and yeah, they get overcome, overcome by fumes. fumes. Yeah, or hit their, you know. Hit you your hand a, with a, with a yeah, ball paint hammer. Or a repousse mallet. Yeah, you can, that can hurt. Yeah. He stayed here for two years. What, in, in the, the, in the in panel beaters? In the sick bay. Yeah, mm. in the sick bay, never left. Talking about his parents, it was the lowest ebb when they found him in the car. Well, hang on, is he yeah, in the, I know, the, I know. Is he in the car weird. still or in the sick bay? No, no, he, he went from the car into the sick bay. 
But when did mum and dad come and see Well, you? he didn't want them to come. No, but he... <clears throat> oh, right. He because he was in the car. That it, must have been before he got the offer of moving to the sick bay. Right. Fair enough. No, I've got that sorted out. <laughs> it's got to the point where living in it was uncomfortable. All I had was my one suitcase. I didn't want help from anyone. I kept telling my family back home that I didn't know what to do, uh, that I didn't know what to do or, or, or how I'd get into the NRL. At times it got tough, but I got used to being on my own. Yeah. I'm not the type that wanted a better bed or anything. I was showering on top of the toilet. Not sure how that works either. Showering on top of the toilet. Oh, I suppose it was one of those old-fashioned cisterns, HG. Ah, you know the ones that yeah. right up above. Above, yeah. You'd have to rework it somehow to get the to get the sh- water hitting you on the head and not flushing through to the bowl. I suppose it's possible if you're a panel beater. <laughs> work something out, wouldn't you? I'm forever grateful to the boss. I wasn't paying rent. I was just over the moon to have somewhere to sleep. When I moved into the war, when I moved into the workshop, I thought life was great. It wasn't for my job; I would have left and gone home. Mm-hmm. Even after that dream, the pre-Christmas training run, Manu was still living in the small room in the Smash Repairs, Angel Smash Repair in Belmore. Yep. In February, his summer deal with the Bulldogs <laughs> finally changed fortunes. Manu featured in the reserve grade and kept training with the NRL squad. A phone call last Sunday told him to be at Belmore this week to cover for Canterbury's growing, going, growing sideline contingent. Yep. But it was not until Tuesday that Coach Barrett told yep. him he was going to make his debut. Whoa! Tuesday. Tuesday. My body just paused. I got very emotional. I couldn't stop crying. Yep. When I was alone and living in the in, in the shop and the car, I thought one day when I make it, it'll be worthwhile. That's what I kept telling myself. I can't even remember what Trent said. I was just shaking like a leaf. I was telling myself, it's not me out there. <laughs> I only needed one chance and I'm ready to rip in. That is a great story. See? That is a, well, I mean, well, why isn't that story being told? Well, I suppose it is. We're telling it, aren't we? Yeah. So it is getting out there. See, Volanders, yeah. you know, metal. Yeah. For a kid who slept in a car, yes. didn't want his parents to didn't know. Didn't want his parents to know. No, no. Moved into the panel beaters. 16, was used to being alone. Yeah, yeah. The sacrifices that people make. Uh, I hope he doesn't think about playing for Queensland. No. Is he eligible? No, he's New Zealand. No, I don't think he's New no, Zealand. No, thank goodness for that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, to so ma- Manu, who are they playing this weekend? Yeah, we'll uh, find uh, out. The dogs, our producer should know. Yeah, we, um, we don't know. Oh, hang okay. on. He said that in the article there somewhere. Right. Okay. Uh, I can probably track back. I hope it's not the storm. Oh, I know that. Oh, Manly. Manly. Yes, he said that. Manly. Manly. But well, I tell you what. Well, they're not easy beats at the moment, no. Manly. Manly have got their hands full with this kid coming out of He's you, ready to rip in. Well, where's he playing, is, she, is he? <clears throat> is he in the forwards or is he? he looks no, I think he's a second rower. I, I'm second rower? Yeah, yeah, he's second got a second rower's look about him. He has. He, he looks at, I mean, that bed. I mean, the picture oh. of the bed. I mean, how Man. did you do it? What a great story. I mean, they talk about sacrifice. Well, I look forward to the match report next week because we're going to follow this this kitty and see how he goes. That's an amazing, wonderful. You know, it, it does, well, you, it does you, you know. Get your head out of COVID, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It lifts oh, the yeah, spirits. Absolutely right. Lifts your spirits. Lifts the spirits. Say, oh, no. Suddenly you've got a bit of a grin on your face. Yeah. You know, we're talking about our, hope. I know. We're talking about hope. Exactly. Doldrums in Queensland. Right. Now we've got Manu to talk That's about. That's right. Well, this, this, We've this, never this, seen him play. No, this, and I tell you what, Paul I, Green and Buddy Tre- Buddy Broncos outfit should look at this story because they're looking for hope. I know. And can I point out that this puts the lie to that dreadful Sawali story where the kid played the other night and didn't get a touch? Yes. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about being unready. This kid's ready. This kid's ready. He slept in the bed. Yes. He showered. He I'm slept in the bed of hope. He stood on the toilet of hope now to shower. This is Rugby League Awareness Week. There are league-related activities across Australia. Pull on the boots, pull up the pants, and get involved with bludging on the blind side. Uh, now, Roy, I just finishing off this story. He said at one point I wanted to go home. I was I was depressed. I knew I was good enough to play NRL, but I needed to get a go. Yeah. See, the straight office people are going. There are a lot of, I hear that story everywhere I go, HG. <clears throat> everywhere I, I go, especially in rural and regional Australia. I know. There are so many rugby league players that just cannot get a go. I, I, I didn't want to go. let my family down. When I came here, I told myself I wanted to do my parents proud. I thought I'd rather suffer here and try and get to where I want to be rather than go back home. Yeah. Man who was struggling away from the field too, out of the NRL system, he found salvation in work. That's where he got into the panel beaters. Yeah. And look at the story that goes from there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I and I always encourage rugby league players to get a trade. I know. I know you do. And, and There's no effort to carry around. I know. And you've got it for the rest of your life. And see, what a great story. He gets up at 4.30, yep. catches the trains that run on time and yep. the buses that miraculously run on time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then walks six hours six to get hours, to work. Six hours, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. eventually, eventually somehow the he, car he, well, well, emerges. You see, I think what happened was the car was obviously at the panel beaters waiting to be repaired and he just thought, oh, there's enough room on the back seat for me. Yeah. I'll climb in. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Jim found him in the car. Jim and said, well, Jim, well, if you're going to sleep here, mate, sleep over there where, where the, you know, where, where people recover bay. from the fumes. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, he could get extra sleep, couldn't he? It, well, he'd save hours he of could, his life. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that, isn't he that could be story? woken by, what was his name? Jim knocking the, you know, opening yeah. it up. Yeah. Putting the key in the door. It is a story. Now, mm. on the downer side, though, <clears throat> yes. we get the problem of uh, expanding the competition to rugby league. Obviously, we've got enough players to be interested in. Oh, we've got plenty of players. Can I just put that on pause and say, what did you make of the Lodge decision to join Become the Warrior? Well, I think Uh, he'd be a good fit for the Warriors. I do too. I do too. Good fit. And obviously he had trouble with Kevy. Kevy had had communication issues with Kevy. Well, Kevy said no one's going nowhere and then all of a sudden... And then all of a sudden everyone's going everywhere. I know. There there seems to be some... Kevy doesn't seem to be able to tell the players... Can I what ask, really is thinking. Ben Eichen's hand in all of this? I think he's become the football director or he something He has like become that. the football director. And, and so would the first move of the football director would be move on people he doesn't get on well, with? Well, I don't know. I, we, we don't know what, what, what his policy is going to be. Is it going to be a no dickheads policy? Oh, I hope not. Rugby league staff if there's know. no dickheads. But that's the sort of thing thinking Ben might bring to the table when he sits down with Kevy. Kevy, we've got too many dickheads here, mate. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Who's on your list? You. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I just didn't know what to make of this because no. one thing that people hate is when players move from one club to another in the middle of the season. You just get yeah. used to, okay, who's in our front row? Oh, Lodgy will be there, you know. Yeah. Lodgy, you know the story in New York, <laughs> how he took over New York. Yeah, him, he's yeah. there. No, he's not. Well, the Warriors might be interested in that story from Lodgy's point of view. You know, that, that'll be great having Lodgy there. Can I point out, of course they're going to be interested in that story. <laughs> yeah. That's what they've got him. Hey, Lodgy. Yeah, tell yeah, us. Come on, yeah, go on. Let's have, what's, See, what the, happened? That's what I mean is the Warriors are here all the time. They need yeah. people to tell them stories. They've run out of stories. <laughs> they probably have, yes. They need to get Manu involved because he's got the story about the car oh, and I the, know. And the he fumes. comes from New Zealand. That's He'd what I mean. He'd be a natural fit. He'd be a tight fit. Is there fit any talk them. of Manu going to the Warriors? Well, the... Th- 
Wouldn't that be great outcome for this? Well, I hope Trent Barrett doesn't let him go now that he's found him. Right. Oh, anyway. Now, I didn't want to get stuck on no, that. Anyway, that's right. the NRL plans to launch a second Brisbane team in 2023. Good. Uh, these are hanging in the balance, these plans. Yeah. Uh, a bit of an under the man of feathers revealed the COVID crisis could force expansion to be delayed. Mm. I'd suggest put on the hold forever. Yeah. <clears throat> The uh, meetings between the NRL and the three bid teams, that's the Firehawks, the Dolphins and the Jets, were due to be held in Brisbane on Monday yep. but were cancelled due to COVID. Right. The NRL's focus Couldn't they do is, a Zoom call? Couldn't uh, they? I think that was just a... Yeah, what would call it, looking a, for a... Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. a way out. Yeah. The NRL focus has since turned to ensuring the current premiership season continues in COVID. Mm. The players have been placed in bubbles and will travel on charter flights and the games in Sydney were contested at empty stadiums and the State of Origin 3 has been moved, as we know. Mm. The extreme measures will impact the NRL's revenue streams and profitability for 2021, diverting attention away from expansion. Mm -hmm. But get this, the NRL is nearing a pointy end of negotiations with Channel 9 over the broadcast deal for 2023. Uh, with the result that uh, to decide whether the expansion is viable, Valandis said the cancellation of the meetings would not have a huge impact on that. Mm. But my theory is nothing is impossible. You've got to have a can-do attitude. Oh, we say that here every week. Uh, if it means 2024, then it's 2024. If it's 2023, it's 2023. You can see his thinking, can't yes, you? Yes, Yeah, you can. <laughs> We're not giving up on 2023 just yet, but if the financial position worsens, then we'll have no option. Our financial position at the moment is reasonably good considering the circumstances. A lot will depend on the next month or two. If things don't go well, then COVID will naturally we'll look at, have to have a re-look at it. Where do you think this is well, going? Do you think this is... Well, someone on the text actually is suggesting with the NRL expansion, is it now time for a national audit of panel beaters to see if we can flush out some more talent? No, it's not a silly idea. I don't know the last time you were in a panel beaters, but you see a lot of young, fit... Fit people who people. swing in a hammer. Yeah. Yeah, they're good at it. They're very good at it. Yeah. They're, they're generally speaking very fit and... They can cope with that, the fumes. And they've got a work ethic. Yeah, they've got a work ethic. A yeah. real work ethic. He arrived every you, time. Which is what you do. I mean, my problem with rugby league at the moment is... And I think the problem with the Queensland rugby league in general no is there's no ethic. work ethic. There's no, no work ethic. You know, they just <laughs> get the fat fee. They feel that that's all. They don't have to turn up. You know, they don't have to try. Mm-hmm. Can I ask, going back to the Manu story since you brought it back... They should be put into the panel beaters' workshop for a couple of months. That's what I'd be doing with them. Wouldn't that be great? Yes. <laughs> Come and have your car mended by a Queensland... By the, by the, by the Broncos. Uh, or a Bron Maroon. Broncos panel beaters. They used to have... That's Bron what I'd be putting in. They used to have, let's go, bat uh, Broncos cheese rings, and batteries. batteries. Yeah, they had Pizzas. all that. Pizzas. They had all that. They had all of that. What's happened to all of that? They're all made by the players. Dish your darling used to cut up the pepperoni. Big and, Miles. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. They had work ethic. Can I ask? Where do you want me? What yeah. can I do? Exactly. Do I have to be I qualified? I can make a pizza. Oh, yeah. Can you make a few hundred? Of course I can. <laughs> now, coming back to Manu. Yeah. I It raised that. You could hear the us breaking up. Going yeah, through the, I know you the call, the idea that he was going yeah. to play first grade, the dreams come true. Yeah. Now, I've never asked you, but what was it like when Grass yeah. tapped you for your first game? I couldn't speak. Yeah. I was so overwhelmed. You know, I, 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 I look, I can't say I didn't think it was ever going to happen because I thought it might. Mm -hmm. And injuries uh, gave you a chance, or yeah, oh yeah, or old age. injuries, and and no, no, just you know the word spread. You know, you might be worth looking at this bloke. 
And so uh, a delegation of the players came around, you know, stomped a couple of others and we sat in the backyard and had a couple of beers. And then uh, Grass arrived and he sat down with us around a, we, well, you know, we had a bit of a fire happening in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he said, uh, how committed are you? And I said, I'm totally committed, Grass. He said, do you want to be a shamrock? I said, I'd love to be a shamrock. He said, do you think you're good enough to be a shamrock? I said, I don't know, but I'm, I'm keen to try it out. He said, well, that's good enough for me. And I, I could hardly speak. Right. I could hardly speak, right. actually. I, I just felt, you know. <clears throat> Can I ask you something? Did you tell your parents straight away? I did. Yeah. I, and I, I did. But you didn't but tell But they them. didn't believe me at first. No. <laughs> they said, you're joking. You're kidding. Why would you lie about that? something like that? I said, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. I'm going to be a shamrock. Yeah, you're not. Yes, I am. Now, they, you're raising... They got a shock when they turned up and saw me run out. <laughs> they would have. From the green and cream. <laughs> What's interesting here is I hope Manu hasn't let his parents know. Yeah. Why? You because don't... I want to see... He, he <coughs> needs to feel as though he's able to participate in the game at this level. And, oh, you yeah. Know, he's got a place here. It's yes. Just not, just not a sort of one-trick pony. He's just picked this week against mm-hmm. DCU's lot and then he's dropped forever. I hope, <clears throat> all right, if he doesn't tell his parents, I hope. Send him a video of all I hope he dreams. Yeah. yeah. I hope he dreams of turning Canterbury around. <laughs> There's a new noise in rugby league cheese this season. Try the creamy Tamalolo Brie or the fruity Cronk Gorgonzola. From the master Melbourne cheesemaker, Jesse Bromwich. Details at your nearest league cheddar outlet on bludging on the blind side. Ah, yes. Uh, Roy, uh, people would be disappointed if we didn't tackle this. Sorry. That's true. Craig says he's not surprised uh, sharing on the toilet. Rugby league players and toilets seem to have a special... Yeah, marriage bond. made in heaven. <laughs> That's heaven. right. I've never heard of that though. I mean, this year we've had Love at First Flush, the oh, yes. filming of romance. Oh, the romance in the, small in, in, cubicles. Yeah, and of course the idea that somehow you're standing on the toilet and you've rigged the plumbing up. Yeah. So it's when you press the flush button, it you have a very up. quick shower, <laughs> don't you? I mean, you know, see, rugby league players can do anything. Resourceful. Resourceful. Yeah. And can I use a word that the, uh, you know, the, the boss likes using? Resilient. Resilient, I yes. think he's got a national natu- national, and natural centre of resilience at the top end. I agree. I bet you they're all showering on their toilets up there. Yes. You know, they will have done the plumbing themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, It, it text- never occurred to me that you could use that old-fashioned system <laughs> to... Uh, when to, you flush, to, get to, enough to, pressure to push to the water through. push the through. water through for a shower. Yeah. Brilliant. Just brilliant. Mm. I'd never thought of that. Now, in the same category, mm-hmm. rugby league players can do anything. Um, somebody has turned Ray Rabbits Warren's call into a rap oh, yes. record. Yeah. I think Roy yeah. Bing is the name of the artist. Yes. Uh, and uh, they've released it this week. It's fantastic. Um, he apparently raps. Um, was Rabs aware that this was no, going on? No, he wasn't, I don't Good. think. I'd Good. made this baseline, according to Roy Bing. 
the Bingster, uh, which I had looping the headphones. And for some reason, I went on YouTube and the loop was still playing. And I opened a video of State of Origin highlights yeah. that I was watching the night before. Suddenly, the two worlds collided. You can see it now, yeah, can't you? Yeah, can. You can. know, the doof, yeah. doof, 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 and Rabs, yeah. you know, stepped away from the abyss. Yeah. You yeah. know, the ball Hodgkinson, Hodgkinson. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. It's absolute yeah. marriage made in heaven. Yeah. I heard Rabs's voice Look singing. at Gordon, tell us. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, exactly. it, it is wonderful. It brings back uh, it's a, wonderful marriage, a lot of memories of when uh, Queensland were dominant. You forget yeah, that. Yeah, you forget There Gordon. was a period where Queensland weren't Won an embarrassment the to themselves yeah. at state of origin level. And you mentioned Gordon They were more Tullis, competitive. They, yeah, they often won. <laughs> it is hard to remember. I know. It? And they often won big in the they last did. minutes. Yes. When New South Wales thought they had it in the bag. Yes. Out had come some miracle try that they could that's score right. in the far corner. Yep. You know, two dollar coit would. Be Indeed, that's the one that comes over. to mind. That's the one. I heard Rabbit's voice singing over the baseline, and it blew my mind. Blew his mind. I love Tech House Beats, who doesn't? Yeah. And I also love Rabs, so I felt right to do the right thing, put them together. Yeah. And then, as you point out, it's the Hodgson call where Tallis, yeah. the raging bull. Ragged Aussie. Yeah, threw him over the trial. Threw him over the sideline. Uh, look, um, it was a other wonderful, players, wonderful moment. Other players included in the call, Sam Thiday, Daddy Badir, oh, these are, all, these are all doof guys. Yeah. Andrew Johns, Greg Inglis and Johnny Thurston. Right. Jonathan Thurston. Yeah. Now, I, um, I'm just wondering if... Does Rabs have a say in it though? Can Rabs say, "Oh, oh I don't that's not my that best call"? Yeah. Why didn't you put in the line about you know the ball popped up out of the ground like, like molten, molten lava? lava. That's well, my best bit. I'd love to hit a bit doof behind that. <laughs> now, what I, what I wanted to get to was yeah. the music and rugby league. Now, uh, obviously, it goes from the sublime to the ridiculous. So you get Jason Martin, oh, uh, from North Sydney. Take Bears, it to the top. Take it to the top. Produced by Molly, Molly Meldrum, Meldrum, I think. A brilliant track. Brilliant track. I know. And uh, powered by the Bears being, you know, having a great season. Yes, it went top ten. It did. Now, and now, then, Father John Coots used to have an act with a guitar. HG. He used to Kumbaya end. Oh, probably, yeah, but, but he used to uh, entertain around. at the clubs. I, I remember him being at the, uh, I want oh. to say, Canterbury Bankstown Rugby League Club. Well, this is performing bef- there. Right, and big crowd puller? Yes. Father? People loved him. Yeah. And it was he an had act- a dog collar and a guitar and what more r- do you need? rugby league stories and a couple of songs. And I'll tell you who had all that in spades too, but in a more cabaret was yeah. Frank Hyde. Yes. He, he, this is a bit before my time. Yeah. Or interest in the he game. He loved singing. He loved singing. Danny Boy was his big hit. He but was. He, but he put out, you know, Frank So Hyde. much talent. Talent, yeah, that's right. Rugby, rugby league, yeah. And now. Uh, Eric Groth. We had Eric Groth on the show playing guitar once. That was incredible. That was incredible. He had a band, I think he might have. And in those days, yep. I think the rugby league put out a 12, you know, obviously a vinyl LP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what they do now for this, but they had the players singing a song each. Yes. So you might have got Dallas Donnelly yes. singing something. I'm not quite sure what Dallas yeah, had lent. My Sharona or something like that. <laughs> yep. That's right. It was always great. And Eric was up your progressive rock end. He was. He was. Great Very experimental. Very experimental. Mm. On and on it went. And then, of course, the league decided to get involved in the act yeah. and, and decided to adopt songs. So you had mm. What's My Scene, rewritten by the Hootie Gurus, is What's My Team. That's right. Very well. That's then right. in the end they got Our House from uh, Bon Jovi That's to help right. out. Yeah. They had a lot of rubbish along the way like Wes Carr. Whoa, yeah, didn't do anything didn't for me. Didn't do anything for me either, no. Uh, rugby league. But, but uh, you're not suggesting this, this Rab's makeover with the Doof could become a rugby league song? 
No, what I'm interested in is it's more art house, isn't it? It's it's more art. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah it's a sort of uh, Johnny Broom club act. Yeah, yeah, but players. I know, I know. There's a East player. I think Tupu. Is I forgot the right oh, wing. Yeah, yeah, edge yeah. player. Yeah, uh, he's a very good on the wheels of steel. Is he really? And uh, you know, can mix so up much talent. in rugby league. In I rugby league. I mean, you talk about having a trade. Yes. I mean, this is a different sort of trade. This guy Bing isn't a player. Yeah. Is nearly as I can tell. Could yeah. be. Yeah. Probably lives in a paddle beaters. Probably. You know. I mean, rugby league and talent. I, I mean, it, it just goes hand in hand, doesn't it? It does. It yeah. does. And it doesn't matter if you come into rugby league and haven't got a talent, yeah. you'll get one. Yeah. Or the Why other hasn't around. someone put up a show, you know, Australia's got talent, rugby league talent? Who could you see as judging that, though? They see that. Well, you'd use the normal judge, the bloke, city bloke with the hat and. Oh. Know, and Delta and who else? Oh, right. Oh, wow. I hadn't thought of that. Yes. For some reason, I was up with the usual suspects like Gus and, uh, you oh, know. Oh, no, 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 no. Gus wouldn't know a song if it hit him on the head. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, look, it's been an intriguing week. Sadly, we've got hours more to get through, yeah. but you'll have to do it by yourselves without us. Uh, in the meantime, uh, more bludge next week. The uh, I'm reliably informed the podcast may be late because of uh, Manu activities yes. and the Canterbury-Rankstown Bulldogs. In the meantime, thanks for bludging along with us. See you next week for more bludging on the blind side. listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.